0: Welcome to Jesus Unmasked, an invitation to join a search for the living Christ in scripture and our lives.
1: In Jesus Unmasked, we believe that Jesus would wear a mask during the time of COVID, and so should everyone.
0: Yet in this podcast, we seek to remove the masks of exclusive theology and violent cultural lenses that obscure the truth that Jesus is unconditional love.
1: In the unmasked face of Jesus, there is hope, acceptance, and forgiveness that frees us from fear that we may live into our fullest selves as reflections of God's love.
0: We explore scripture through the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and we use the Common Lectionary. Hi everyone, welcome to... The Raven Foundation Facebook page and the Clackamas United Church of Christ Facebook page. I am Adam Erickson, and I'm here on our Bible study uh, every week, except for last week when we took a week off. (laughs) Anyway, I'm here with my dear friend and colleague at Raven, Lindsay Paris-Lopez. Hi, Lindsay.
1: Hi, Adam. Hi, friends.
0: Uh, Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. (laughs) awesome (laughs) uh it's great great to be back uh doing the bible study uh going over the gospel of john which is of course everybody's favorite gospel isn't it your favorite gospel lindsay
1: yeah actually actually it is i and it's um i'm liking the others more um more and more but um john's still my favorite i i think just just because of the first few verses, it's yes. are so so beautiful. They'll always be they'll always be um, among the most beautiful verses that I carry with me in my heart. Um, uh, John has been used anti-Semitically, though probably more than the other Gospels, which is why I hesitated a little bit. And I don't think John has to be used that way, but I just want to acknowledge that it has been, so.
0: Yeah, John, I, I'm, there's some construction going on outside my window. Can you hear that? Um, not bad? It's okay, really I'm
1: He's
0: going bad so. to keep going, so. Hi, Vanessa and Denise and Amber. Denise, uh, welcome. Not a Christian, but just wanted to say hi. I love your church so much. Love what you stamp. Well, Denise, thank you so much for being here. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, John, um, that is bugging. I don't know if that's bugging you. But that's okay,
1: bugging it got a little loud for a second. Okay,
0: there. I, I might like uh, take off my pastor hat and go yell at those folks. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, we'll just deal with it. So. Uh, Okay, Vanessa can hear me just fine. All right. Well, I will deal with it and uh, we'll move on. So the Gospel of John uh, frequently refers to the Jews, uh, and that is what, you know, has made it a weapon against our Jewish siblings for so long, but um, the issue is that it refers to the Jewish elite, uh, the religious power structures, not the Jews in general, because John was Jewish, mm-hmm. and so were the early followers of Jesus. So this is an internal debate, and uh, that's the, it's, the, it's the power structures. It's like in Christianity today. Who are the loudest people in the room? They're the ones who tend to use their religion as power over and against others, and that's what happens in a lot of religions. And so Christianity starts from, what would you say, the people yeah starts from the ground up along with other uh people uh common people um and uh so when when religion gets infused with power dynamics uh as it has in christianity uh that's when you're gonna have all of these issues amber can hear the construction now but it's not terrible it's terrible for me amber so i'm i'm (laughs) I'm glad it's not terrible for you
1: I am sorry that it's terrible for you. We'll have to, we'll have to get there. are, there
0: are thing. worse things. There are worse things in this world than the construction outside of my window. So there are anyway, worse
1: things, and those construction workers are doing the job that they need to do. And somebody is going to benefit from that job. And we will just love them and continue with our Bible study.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I think that this passage uh, goes perfectly with what we're talking about about the power dynamics that it can infuse, and this passage, religion, and this passage helps us um, is kind of Jesus's ways of warning us against doing just that, of warning uh, Christians of what Christianity has become, <laughs> and these are like the, the the tools that we might use to um, to keep religion or the faith uh, that Jesus gives us uh, front and center and not get distracted by the other things that can um, corrupt uh, what what much of religion can become. The other thing that's happening this Sunday related to this is Mother's Day. And, Lindsay, I know that you, you are a mother, um, so happy Mother's Day. And I know that you wanted to say something about Mother's Day.
1: Well, oh, um, I just... Word logos to your respective mothers. Oh, thank you. Um, uh. You have a beautifully spelled name that I am sure I will mispronounce, but it's R- R- Rabai Robay. Um, it's a beautiful name. Thank you. And um. Yes, I I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to everyone who is. Who is mothering someone, um, and I don't mean that biologically. Although, although I don't um, exclude biological mothers, of course. But everyone who has ever been a loving um, presence to anyone—not just children—I mean, we're all we're all children of God. We're all, you know, we're all children in some ways, and I. I wanted to wish a happy Mother's Day, and I also wanted to remind everybody that Mother's Day is an anti-war holiday. I don't know yes. if everyone—it's—it's um, it's really just Rob,
0: Rob, Rob Martin, yes, topic. Rob, my friend Rob, yeah, our friend Rob, yes. <laughs>
1: Awesome! Awesome! Thank
0: you. So, like Rob, to spell uh, his name like that on Facebook. Yes, that's good. Rob, thanks. Thank you. Rob. Anyway, you were saying how badass Mother's Day is because it's an anti-war holiday, despite what Hallmark would like you to believe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um, oh yeah, and it is an anti-war holiday, um, and. um, To all who have, to all whose mothers are no longer with them, I, I wish love and condolences and um, lots of love and um, lots of love on this, on this day. Um, This is an anti-war holiday. I wanted to read uh, Julia Howard's, Howard Ward's, Mother's Day proclamation, the original Mother's Day proclamation, I just wanted to read a little bit of it, because I always remember this um, on Mother's Day, but throughout, throughout, I just remember it. Um, So, a little bit of, of it says, arise all women who have hearts, whether your baptism be that of water or of tears say firmly we will not have great questions decided by irrelevant agencies our husbands shall not come to us reeking with carnage for caresses and applause our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity mercy and patience we women of one country will be too tender to those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of the devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor or violence indicate possession. And it goes on from there, but I wanted to read that. Um, I am thinking about this, this upcoming Mother's Day, I'm thinking about my own mother, of course, and my, and my grandmother's. Um, I'm also thinking of my, of a dear friend of mine's mother who is from Afghanistan as war draws to a close. I hope, I hope. I mean, I'm not going to say it's over just because troops are pulled out because there will still be contractors and I think there will still be drone strikes and that devastates me, it really does. But I have some hope that the war is coming to an end. And I just hate war and love mothers. And <laughs> I wanted to say that. I didn't know a better time to say that than during this Bible study before Mother's Day. So, so uh, Star, thank you. This is the original Mother's Day proclamation by Julia um, Ward Howe, or how, you know what? I sometimes I get like when people go by Julia Ward Howe, sometimes I um, mix that up. I think I did earlier in this. But Julia, Julia Ward Howe, and she, um, she also wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Um, But this, I like this a little bit better than that. And um, you can look it up anywhere.
0: yeah, I'm uh, I'm getting it, and I'll post it in the comment section. Uh, I think this is it. Um, so, um, yeah, Mother's Day is always really tricky uh, for churches uh, because many of us have lost our mothers, and um, I and many of us don't have good relationships with our mothers. So it's not always a happy day. But some of us um, have had a really good time with our mothers, and still have them. And so it's hard to it's tricky to balance. Um, but I love the anti-war uh, going back to the anti-war history of it um, as well. So uh, that's that's the way that I like to handle Mother's Day. because um, it's always awkward because like you give flowers to all the moms, but some you, some mom some some like uh, women haven't been able to have children uh in the traditional way and so what do you it just makes it really awkward so why don't we just give everybody flowers
1: yeah i think i think that is yeah i think that this passage is about the kind of love that is exemplified in mothers but also in fathers and friends it's about that kind of it's about that kind of love that lays down its life Um, and I think it's a great passage for Mother's Day. I'm seeing some of the comments and, um, my prayers and heart go out to you, Emily. And, um, and And my prayers for you too, Vanessa.
0: Yeah, Vanessa, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so, they told me it was easy to find because it sounds so healthy and strong. Vanessa, I'm so glad. That's awesome. Um. So let's get to the, let's get to the Bible passage. Yeah, the Bible better, let's do that. Let's get to the scripture. So this is a passage in the gospel of John chapter 15, verses nine through 17. And it comes off of um, where Jesus is talking to his disciples about um, uh, the Jesus being the true vine and you are the branches. And uh, as long as you stay connected to the true vine uh, you will find sustenance, and you will be able to continue this journey um, into the world that is often so, uh, as Jesus will find out, hostile. Um, this is part of Jesus's farewell discourse. And so what Christianity does is it doesn't promise you uh, safety and security, um, in, especially in a, in a world that is hell-bent on violence against, uh, against others and oppression, but it does promise you that you will um, stay attached. Uh, if you stay attached to God, to the source, um, if we stay attached with one another, uh, that we will find um, uh, maybe meaning or uh, maybe uh, what Jesus calls uh, eternal life. Uh, which is not eternal life way off into the future, but a significant life now. Um, and uh, so this is going off of the true vine metaphor that Jesus uses. So, Lindsay, I think you uh, were going to read this passage.
1: Yes, and, and this is... Um... This is not the exact same passage that um, might have been read on Monday Thursday, but this is on Monday Thursday. Like this is when this is taking place. It was the night of the Last Supper. Um, so, um, so it's John fifteen nine through seventeen. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. I'm giving you these commandments so that you may love one another.
0: Nice. Uh, friends, as uh, you hear that, uh, you may have questions about this passage. Um, Lindsay, do you have questions about this passage or anything about this passage that you particularly like?
1: Um, well, I, not questions per se. Um, I have a way of reading it that is a little different from what I from the way I've read it before, that helps me. Um, When you're in a mindset that is struggling with whether or not you really believe or have faith, even command, even commands. as beautiful as love one another are still commands and when you're in a place of doubt and anxiety and uh you know you're if you're in a place where you're struggling to believe whether or not god is real perhaps or whether or not god's love encompasses everyone or or whatever your spiritual struggles may be if they're at the point where you just um don't feel comfortable in in the faith and feeling comfortable does not mean not having questions but if you're at a point where you feel disturbed or uncomfortable as i was throughout much of my life even the command to love one another as i have loved you just strikes you as the unspoken words of any command are or else you know and um so I don't look at it that way. It says command, and um, I do not want to diminish the urgency and seriousness with which Jesus speaks the word, um, and, but I, I honestly don't know um, Greek or, or Hebrew or Aramaic for that matter, so I don't know what was translated as command, but I'd rather think of it as empower. Jesus is not just commanding us to love one another. Jesus is making it possible for our hearts to open up to love one another in such a way as we may I, in, in in some ways, it's probably always been within us and Jesus is tapping into that which was within us. Um, and in a way, we still need that model or some model to show us what that kind of love is like. And so I'd rather think Jesus is empowering us to love one another. Not just saying you must do this or else, but saying it is possible for you to do this. Isn't that amazing and wonderful? I made you with the capacity to love one another as I am loving you right now. And I want you to live into that capacity because then your joy will be complete. And there's no fear and no anxiety in that. Um, I would, I would much rather think of it that way. And if you get tripped up with the word commandment, then uh, I invite you to think about it that way, if it helps.
0: That's awesome. Uh, That's (laughs) really good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Commandments has always been uh, tricky for me um, in, in a similar way, but also because there are so many commandments in the Bible uh, in what, you know, what Jesus would have as, uh, as his scriptures, uh, what we might call the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament. There are uh, traditionally 613 of them, right? And uh, how on earth could anybody possibly fulfill all 613 of them? Or how could anybody possibly follow all 613 of them? And so, uh, progressive Christians like, like you and me, often get accused of picking and choosing which of the commandments uh, in the Bible that we follow. Right? Mm-hmm. But here's the big secret: everybody picks and chooses which commandments they follow. Uh, this isn't a progressive thing. This is a human thing. And even back back in the first century Judaism, when Jesus lived, there was a human thing back then too. That's why in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, the uh, some of Jesus's um, opponents come to him and say, "Hey, what's the most important commandment, Jesus?" And Jesus says, "It boils down to two: love God and love your neighbor." In fact, they're really one. Uh, when you when the way that you love God is loving your neighbor, right? And so when Jesus here in this passage says. Uh, as the Father uh, says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love, if you keep my commandments, right? He doesn't say if you keep the commandments. He doesn't say if you keep the commandments of the of uh, of Moses. He says if, if you keep my commandments, right? And so there are so many commandments in in the Bible, and we often, like, um, get confused. Which ones are we supposed to follow? Which ones aren't we supposed to follow? When we make it more complicated, then Jesus makes it. Why? Because Jesus just says, follow my commandments, which are to love one another as I have loved you. So one of the big questions is, how has Jesus loved us during the Gospel of John, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you two examples, and Lindsay, you might you might think of others too. Um, yeah. But But one of them is in Uh, John chapter 5, I think it is, where Jesus heals the blind man, right? So Jesus enters into the the village, and there's a blind man, and people come to Jesus, and they say, hey, who sinned? In other words, who broke the law that this man is blind, or who broke the commandment that this man is blind, Uh, him or his parents? And Jesus says, he, he doesn't answer the question. He doesn't care about the commandments that lead us to accuse one another. He's interested in the commandments that lead us to love one another. And so what does Jesus do? He heals the man. He doesn't get caught up in the in the law that leads us to accuse one another. He gets caught up in the law that leads us to love one another. That's why he says the greatest commandments are to love God and to love your neighbor. the The second one is in, I think it's in John 9, Um, where a bunch of religious uh, men uh, bring the woman caught, or John 8, I think, 8 and 9, where they bring uh, the woman that they say they caught in the act of adultery to Jesus, and they say to him, hey, uh, there's a law in in our scriptures that say we need to stone this woman, right? And what does Jesus do? He stops them from enacting that law. So he stops them from enacting that commandment. There are commandments commandments that Jesus wants us to follow, those are the commandments of love, and there are commandments that Jesus doesn't want us to follow, and those are the commandments that might lead us to harm uh, others or to accuse others. So the commandments that Jesus gives uh, follow my commandments are the commandments that he hears directly from God, not from scripture, which can be helpful, which can lead us to love one another, but the commandments that Jesus says he hears directly from God are commandments that are based on love, mm-hmm. not condemnation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, there's another way of looking at that about it not um, not just picking and choosing the commandments, um, which which can um, veer that can veer into misinterpretation of Judaism and what the and what the Jewish law is. I mean, the Jewish law is an instrument of grace. The um, uh, not then that doesn't mean I believe everything literally in in either testament, to be honest, but, um, but, um, you know, it's not just about which commands will you pick and choose. It's also how will you interpret the message as a whole? Because if you interpret the law as an instrument of accusation, instead of a guidance in order to lead you to your best actions, which will therefore bring out the best in others in a big, beautiful cycle, um, you know, if you interpret the law as an instrument of accusation, then it is going to fall back on you that way. And if you interpret it as an instrument of grace, then it will um, then it will infuse your life with grace. So I mean, if the word commandment doesn't work for you, you should still follow what Jesus is telling you, but not because of anything that's bad that is going to happen if you don't, because of the joy that it will open up to you when you do. And um, I think the law was always meant to be that way, um, because it's the same God, and it's the same desire from the same God for the same humanity as a whole for us to live together and um, for us to live together in in love and peace and cooperation. Um, um, Victoria, I'm seeing your message and just lifting up your prayer. Um, and sending, sending love and and prayers for you and for your daughter and for everything to, yeah. to work out.
0: Uh, Rob says, "Perfect, Lindsay. Nicely done, Thanks, Vanessa. Rob. Love is greater than condemnation. Absolutely, amen to that." And Haley says, "Love starts with grace and forgiveness." I like that a lot too uh i've I've got some uh questions about this passage i think um what do you make of uh, where jesus says uh so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name so when you pray this is one of those passages where jesus is like hey if you pray uh, in my name uh, then god will give you whatever you ask it's a little problematic
1: it, yeah, it absolutely can be. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it can be, it can be problematic in, in many different ways. Uh, not just, I guess, I guess the most obvious, or to me, what, what could be the most obvious misinterpretation of this is something like the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. um, that you know, if you are praying for um, if you're praying for personal wealth, you can't and, and you can want personal wealth. And I guess I can't, I, I don't wanna say you can't pray for that. I mean, geez, everybody's prayed for everybody's prayed prayers that are um, you know, for yourself and not necessarily for others. I don't see anything wrong with that because you should be able to take whatever is on your heart and soul and mind to God. And sometimes we need those things and sometimes we just want those things. And even if it's not even the right thing we want, we should be able to take it to God anyway. God is not judging us. God's not going to give you whatever you ask for though, especially when you ask for those things. Um, when you're praying in the name of Jesus, you have to remember that Jesus is Jesus is the outcast Jesus is the marginalized Jesus is the most despised among us if we're praying in the name of you know when we are able to pray in for our enemies or for those we love least or for those the world loves least or for those on the receiving end of oppression or injustice, then I think our prayers are heard. But then the other misinterpretation comes when we just expect that to be enough, like expect talking to God to be enough. And I think that prayer moves us to a more tangible, active love. And we may never see the full fruition of what it is we're praying for. Um, actually, I don't like the word never. We may die and see it in whatever comes after these mortal bodies decay, because if life is eternal, we just don't know what's out there. This is getting into territory that I really that no one really knows how to speak to. What does it mean that God will answer any prayer in the name of Jesus? If we believe that, I don't know, what's the timeline? What does it look like? And what is our responsibility? I think that's the biggest key, that that we can't just leave it in someone else's hands because we have to become Christ's hands. And that if our prayers are really in Jesus's name, we will be compelled by love and freed by love to do whatever we possibly can to make them happen. So maybe it just means that God will keep empowering us to do our best to fulfill what we desire if it is in line with God's desire.
0: I like that a lot, yeah. All right. What do you think of, uh, of the friendship in this passage? Jesus says, um, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends if uh, you do what I say.
1: <laughs> uh, the conditional is so, conditional, to- you know, just gives you, like, the willies that just, yeah. Is, yeah, if you don't like that condition. Um, I mean, friendship is a mutual thing, right? So, you know. Um, friendship is mutual. So if Jesus can't compel us to do, to live, to abide in his love, I like that so much better than do what I command. And that's, but but he says both. And, and if we are having trouble abiding in his love, then he still loves us, but we're having trouble being being the friend to Jesus that he is to us, I guess. And I'm, I, I, gosh, I, I'm i not always a good friend to Jesus. So I'll just say that.
0: Um, well, neither were the disciples. Um, yeah. I think you're doing a better job than the disciples. <laughs> and wow. we, sh- we could remember that it was the women who followed Jesus on this Mother's Day, it was the women and his mother uh, who followed him to the cross when most of the men didn't. Um, wow. uh, So, um,
1: whenever I, yeah, yeah, that's, I thank you. But whenever I fall short, um, in human friendship or in any relationship, whenever I, um, whenever I act on, on, um, selfishness or let, let anything petty getting, get in the way of something bigger. Then I'm not being the friend to Jesus that I should be if I ever fall short in my human relationships. So I'm I like sure that. Yeah, Amber.
0: Us. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, Amber says, I'm not Catholic, but I like Pope Francis's quote, You pray for the hungry and then you feed them. That's how prayer works. I like the idea of praying for things and then being empowered to care for those around us. I think that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um I, don't, I mean, if you, if you have an authentic friendship with someone, um, you try to help them. Uh, you right? Like, I think that's what that's that's one like a genuine friend. I think you use the word genuine friendship. Um, and so, especially in like, uh, I was doing a little bit of research on this in the first century um, ancient world. Uh, friendship was not so much based on affection. This is also love as well. Like we tend to think of love as affection that you feel for someone else. Um, But Jesus doesn't use love that way, Uh, especially when he says, love your enemies. It doesn't mean that you have to like have the inner will in order to have affectionate feelings for somebody that you just can't stand, right? Mm -hmm. Love in the ancient, Jewish and Christian world is not about affection it's about action it's a yeah. doing right um and that's friendship too friendship is is not so much about good feelings towards someone it's about this deeper kind of love that wills the good of the other yeah. that's the that's the big theological way of talking about love um if you love jesus uh you will try to will the good of the other because that's when you abide in jesus who wills the good for you and when you abide in jesus you will you will be influenced by that as your model and so you will try to you will get caught up in the divine life in the life of god which is willing the good of yourself and of the other yeah. and as yeah. you know i as lindsay said and i'm 100% on board with this it's not easy to do
1: yeah yeah it's it's not it's not always easy um we are empowered and we're we're empowered when we mess up we're empowered when we fall short we always you know we will we will yeah. over and over and over um I almost said we always will, but I don't like that. I, I like over and over better because sometimes we'll hit the mark. You know, it's not all hopeless. Right. Um, it's it's actually wonderful. And there's something about servant to friend which makes it sound like these were people just um, going around and doing Jesus's bidding. And but it's not like that because Jesus was modeling servanthood to them, and as he was modeling servanthood he became their servant and he was showing them how to serve and then he's going a little deeper than that and saying it's not just about service it's about friendship so when we think about how god calls us to love the world that is a service a concrete service but when at a deeper level, we go beyond that. And if we live into the image of God that we're made to be, we befriend the world. We serve, and it's not just an act of I'm doing this because I'm obedient, because this is what God tells me to do. We do this because we love each other. And it's it's not just the right thing to do, it is what we want most to do, because that's the that is the power that love gives us not just to do things but to enjoy them to be within joy as we do them. So I I think that that's where that's going. And and it's a, it's a call to um, serve the world. And to know that as you're serving the world, if you abide in Jesus's love, you will befriend the world. And it will be wonderful.
0: it's um, such a it's such a good and healthier image that you are giving us, Lindsay, because uh, much of Christianity, this goes back to the very beginning when we started, um, uh, um, doesn't uh, uh, doesn't like the world. <laughs> uses the world as a negative. um mm-hmm. this is this is seen in modern days where, Uh, You know, um, who cares about climate change because God's just going to come back anyway. Jesus is just going to come back anyway. And so um, we don't need to worry about climate change. Uh, And the world is essentially um, bad uh, and be in the world, but not of the world, right? This kind of language. But I much prefer the way that you are talking about it as, um, listen, the world is like God so loved the world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Um, There is goodness in the world and uh our role is to participate in that goodness the way that jesus shows us how um to do that so
1: yeah and and absolutely um but if you want to read on jesus will soon say um the world will hate you and so so you know when 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 people talk about the world being bad um I think they are mistaking some things, like, especially if they say, oh, climate change isn't real or have this mentality that we do not have to love everyone because some people will go to hell and and all kinds of bullshit like that. Um, no, there's the powers and principalities of the world that would tempt us to continue to marginalize the marginalized because it's easier that way get ahead by hurting others yeah. The powers and principalities that would tempt us to greed or oppression or exploitation or imperialism that's the way of the world that that we are not to participate in but um that we that will tempt us that tempt everybody And Jesus is, you know, God made the world, God loves the world, the powers and principalities that move the world are fallen, and um, it's our job to love the world back into, back into shape, and we don't do it alone, we do it together, because when we fall, others among us will lift us up, and when you fall, we will lift you up. And that's just how it's supposed to work, so
0: Amber. Thanks, Amber. Yes. We and, are not at odds with the world, and preach it, Lindsay, yes. Lindsay, what are you doing this Sunday at 1030, huh? You come preach at the church? It's impossible. <laughs> awesome. I'm,
1: I'm going to be listening to, to yes. someone else, yes. but of course, of course, that's um... <laughs> 10:30 at 12:30 central time, 10:30 pacific. I'm not really doing anything, but um I I hope you I hope you've got something else in mind cuz I'm not
0: quite ready. I never have anything in mind for Sunday worship until about um 10:29 on Sunday morning. So anyway, no I'm kidding. I, I yeah, I'm
1: planning. sure you're uh, kidding. That's
0: that's not possible. I do, I do do some planning, a little bit of <laughs> planning anyway. Anyway, friends, thank you for being here. Obviously, there's so much in this passage that we could continue talking for a long time. But thank you for being here and uh thank you for your comments, Rob. I'm going to check out Wisdom Chant at bandcamp.com. That sounds awesome. That um so, awesome. I'll check uh, it out too. Yeah, thank you everyone for being here. We'll do it again next week. Uh, on our Bible study here on the Raven Foundation Facebook page and the Clackamas United Church of Christ Facebook page. You can keep up to date on uh, Jesus Unmasked, our Bible study podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and uh, you can check it out at uh, ravenfoundation.org. So until next week, friends, God be with you.
1: Jesus Unmasked is produced by the Raven Foundation, where we talk about faith and mimetic theory.
0: Check out more of our work at ravenfoundation.org.
1: You can connect with Raven on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: If you liked this episode, feel free to share it with your friends or your enemies, because Jesus calls us to love them too.